from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Well, good morning, security gang. Um, if you're looking at the screen, you're watching Down Detector show every single major wireless carrier in these United States showing significant outages in major cities across the country and everywhere else. And so, you know, I typically say, good morning, subscribe, come on through. And I'll tell you to do all of that, but you probably may or may not be using your cell phone on this morning's show, probably looking for an explanation. Now, I've seen a lot of rumors uh, hover through over since about 7 a.m. this morning when, when we started seeing the reported outages come through. It initially started with AT&T. It had some impact on Cricket and T-Mobile. Simply, if you don't understand the wireless world a little bit, there's really two major providers of infrastructure, Verizon and AT&T. And then everyone else kind of rides off of their towers. So if something happens there, then it's likely going to have an impact downstream on all the additional carriers. Hence, you'll see Cricket, T-Mobile, US Cellular, Straight Talk, and many others go, whoa, what's going on here? That's the reason for it, as well as Boost. And if you recall, the market did consolidate when T-Mobile acquired Sprint. And so Sprint kind of had its own independent network that slowly was getting migrated into a more popular network. T-Mobile bought that network, and then the FCC kind of came out. A whole bunch of stuff happening. But either way, a lot of rumors about this potential being a cyber attack and all of that. It's still too early to guess. It's still too early to tell. And please be responsible with your posts. There's a lot of misinformation and disinformation that's circling from the morning. This is a Chinese cyber attack, or it's a Russian, or it's Iran. There's no indication at the moment from people I've spoken with in D.C. that this is a cyber attack. Indication right now is that something happened around 7 a.m. this morning. It could have been, you know, a transformer blowing. It could have been a software update that went bad. It could have been a redirect. I mean, there's 500 reasons why something like this could happen. Let's hold off our speculation before we instill fear. I think that's the responsible thing to do. So with that being said, go ahead and join me for a coffee cup cheers this morning. I've got my double espresso coffee cup cheers, y'all. We've got other stories to talk about, except not just this outage. First of all, Lockbit being taken down is one thing. Not catching the leaders is another. And the UK National Crime Agency is kind of going on a mocking tour of the cyber criminals and in a way, it's a little fulfilling. In another way, it's like, okay, do you guys have 23-year-old college students running the show? One of the things is you haven't captured all the leaders, right? So they've kind of built this whole out, press releases, the back-end leaks, the lockbits up, the U.S. indictments, the sanctions, like who is lockbit? You know, that's a $10 million question there. Uh, arrest warrants issued in France and Poland and Ukraine. And, and so much so much more. There's nearly 200 usernames that have allegedly been associated with the Lockbit affiliates. A lot of those people either have gone underground or otherwise revamped their entire uh, uh, modus operandi here, which is again not a not a bad not a bad thing. But the you know they're kind of playing around with them a little bit. Nonetheless, there's a 10 million dollar offer. Uh, or 15, totaling up to 15 million, but 10 million specifically offered for information on Lockbit leaders 
and $5 million for information on affiliates. The hope is that turns that around. Now, here's the deal. Let's say you get that information, and let's say they're Russian and Chinese. What are you going to do with it? Seriously, what are you going to do with it? Because they don't have extradition. So great, we know who they are. What are we going back to the Obama name and shame? That worked really well for Obama. Really well. Just magnificent. How about the best way to fight cybercrime is to go at them and not offer a reward, but rather go at them, continue to dig private public partnership. These people, you know, you may think that cyber criminals turn on each other and they might as well in some cases, but not in all of them. And we know that Lockbit, Black Cat, Alpha, every time we've taken down one of these, a bunch of people go away, a bunch of new people show up, the new people show up, restart under a different name, cycle continues. So we'll see what that actually means. A unbelievable revelation about Chinese cybersecurity company called iSoon in what was a leak that started around five days ago on GitHub with a trunch of documents about the company showing just how close this Chinese offensive security company iSoon was to the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, and the, its security apparatus. The leak provides the most concrete details seen publicly to date, revealing the maturity nature of China's cyber espionage ecosystem. This is according to Sentinel Labs. It shows explicitly how government targeting requirements drive a competitive marketplace of independent contractors and hackers for hire. iSoon is a private Chinese information security company that contracts with many Chinese government agencies, including Public Security, Ministry of State Security, the People's Liberation Army, um, uh, according to Kerry and Milankowski, uh, alongside employees complaining about low pay and gambling over Mahjong in the office. The materials appear to document the company's compromise of at least 14 governments, pro-democracy organizations in Hong Kong, universities, and NATO. While the authenticity of the documents has not been confirmed, researchers have examined the leak. Belief for the documents to be real. We've taken a look at the leaks. Seems real. Seems legitimate. Um, alongside with Taiwan's Team 5 cybersecurity firm, said the leaked documents support the longstanding analysis that China's private cybersecurity sector is pivotal in supporting China's APT globally. The team of researchers have been tracking them since at least 2020. There were the, the ones behind the shadow pad RAT um, and many, many others. Um, obviously, this is a significant blow for China, and it just shows you how intertwined the cybersecurity market is with the national security market is in China and the kind of partnerships that you people talk about in the cyber ecosystem with anything from China is to be laughed at, including their universities. Their universities are just as complicit as their private organizations so just keeping that in mind president biden issued an executive order wednesday to shore up cybersecurity at u.s port facilities part of a larger strategy to improve maritime cyber strengthen supply chain and and rise the nation's industrial base the ghost card the coast guard sorry will have express authority to respond to malicious cyber activity in the nation's maritime transportation system the white house said the order will also require the prompt reporting of cyber threats and cyber incidents involving a vessel, harbor, port, or waterfront facility. There's a plan to invest more than $20 billion over the next five years in the port infrastructure as part of a plan to bring the manufacturing capacity back to the U.S. to create safe and secure cranes operating at port facilities, which mostly now come from China. So all in all, 
this executive order gives the um, um, gives the Coast Guard that authority. Um, and this is a going to be a key element, uh, according to former Rear Admiral Mark Montgomery there as well. So uh, there's that. Yesterday, we talked about ConnectWise. Well, less than 24 hours after shipping emergency patches, the secure screen remote desktop access product, they're now seeing exploits being launched to take over enterprise accounts. If you haven't patched your ConnectWise smart screen connect, you need to make sure to do so now. There's active exploits now publicly for these. Joomla fixes five different CVEs that were discovered in its content management system that could be leveraged to execute arbitrary code on vulnerable websites. This uh, fixes our present in versions 5.0.3 and also 4.4.3 of the CMS. The CVEs 2024, 21722, 21723, 21724, 21725, and 21726 all have been solved with these updates. You want to make sure to get that. There is remote code execution risk for some of these and paired together, they could cause a lot of havoc. Apple on Wednesday unveiled PQ3, a new post-quantum cryptographic protocol for iMessage that's designed to protect encrypted communications even against future quantum computing attacks. The end-to-end encryption market is obviously dealing with this whole challenge here with the post-quantum cryptography. We know that NIST's cohort of several algorithms all didn't hold up to the test. This is a privacy-focused application. Signal recently reached level two and it announced support for post-quantum extended Diffie-Hellman protocol. But Apple says the PQ3 protocol puts iMessage in level three, ensuring that communications are protected even if encryption keys are compromised. Because again, while the protocol for encryption changed, the key system often remains the same. And that's a challenge we'll talk about on a different episode altogether because it really is. Um, you, you can change the post quantum, but the private public key partnership there does not work in the quantum era at all. Apple says PQ3 has been designed to combine post quantum algorithms with classic elliptic curve cryptography, requiring an attacker to feed both the classic and post quantum cryptography in order to gain access to communications. They've noted that PQ3 has been designed to emiratize the message size to avoid excessive overhead. So we'll see what that looks like there as well attackers are um now targeting the google cloud run service to distribute massive volumes of banking trojans like astaroth mikitio and ostaban the google run lets users deploy front-end and back-end services website or applications handle workloads without having to manage an infrastructure or sort of scaling Cisco Talus researchers observed a massive uptick in the misuse of Google service for malware distribution starting in September of last year. Brazilian actors launched campaigns using MSI installer files to deploy malware payloads targeting specifically financial institutions. The emails come with links that redirect to malicious web services hosted on the Google Cloud run. In some cases, the payload deliveries and MSI files. In others, it was a 302 redirect to a Google Cloud storage location where a zip archive with a malicious MSI file is stored. When the victim executes it, new components and payloads are downloaded and executed on the system, including bits admin and several PowerShells as well. As well, Sorry, the malware details are significant. They've been targeting over 300 financial institutions across 15 countries in Latin America. 
and they started to collect credentials for cryptocurrency exchange services. So something to keep in mind there will likely soon see it bring make its way towards uh, the U.S. and North America and Europe. So be very, very mindful of this. Um, Google, for its end, says that they're appreciative of the researchers' work in identifying and reporting the use of uh, Cloud Run to direct users to malicious contents. They've removed the offending links and are looking into strengthening their mitigation efforts there. Finally, Iranian APTs and state-backed uh, APTs groups have been masquerading as hacktivists, uh, claiming attacks against Israeli critical infrastructure and air defense systems in a way to kind of masquerade it, uh, since apparently people have lost their moral compass in many of these cases. What's clear are the benefits of the model itself to create a layer of plausible deniability for the uh, uh, terrorist regime in Iran and the impression among the public that their attacks are grassroots inspired, meaning people are just so inspired by Hamas and their murderous regimes that they're targeting evil Israel trying to protect its citizens. Just this morning, four Palestinian terrorists shot down and killed one and injured nine in a, uh, tra- in a tra- while in a traffic jam uh, just outside of Jerusalem. So yeah, tell me again how the Palestinians are just freedom fighters and all of these Hamas people are just, you know, trying to regain their land by killing innocent Jews while in a traffic jam, trying to make their way about their daily lives. So uh, there's that. And uh, obviously the Iranians are behind a lot of the stuff we see online and a lot of the influence campaigns. And there comes a time where we have to say enough's enough. And hopefully Israel unleashes the gloves on the Iranians sooner rather than later for that matter. That's it for our show this morning. We'll be back on Monday with a whole lot more tomorrow. Catch me and Chris Fallon at 11 a.m. Two CISOs just shooting, the, you know, having a conversation. We say shooting the shit, but this is a family friendly show. Uh, we're going to be talking about zero trust tomorrow. What is it? You know, come on in questions, comments. We love to have people on. Uh, it's kind of a new segment. Chris and I decided to embark on as part of our journey as CISOs. So tune in tomorrow, 11 a.m. Eastern live anywhere you catch the podcast. And then after the fact on your favorite podcast listening platform until then have a great rest of your day. Y'all and most importantly, stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.